0: Welcome to the new healthcare economy where everyone wins for a change. Employers, consumers, primary care physicians, outcomes, shareholders, even our communities all win with costs dropping 20 to 60%. This unstoppable direct contracting movement bypasses the big middles with their crooked game boards, devious rule book, rigged dice, and purchased referees. I'm Rob Barshop, and I'm glad you're here. Digital first primary care, also known as virtual primary care models, allow the doc to operate at the top of their license, to have a broader reach and a deeper engagement with each patient, with each consumer. So the time pressure just sort of falls off. It's bringing the sacred back to a missing sacred trust the PCPs have now restored with consumers in this amazing model, digital first care. So I'm looking at a Deloitte report. And here, the physicians are estimating themselves that about 30% of their workload can be performed at a lower level, and that about 18% can be automated by a bot. So we call that triage in the world of our guests today. So telemedicine is allowing the appropriate bot or professional, an LVN, an LPN, an RN, maybe a social worker, to reduce some of the broad workload of a physician as triage. So escalating to a doc when needed, but not always. So this is foundational to making mobile or near-site or even on-site clinic models viable. It's important. Okay, so folks, 30 to 50% of triage is not what I'm seeing out there. I see a more advanced model that I think this is going to become. So I'm seeing like today's guest is an important foundational step, but here's what I see it's going to look like, where I think we're headed. I see it as team-based virtual primary care. That's what our guest does today. And that's the vision. But where we all win, I'm seeing actually the doctor less involved. And what that looks like is a different primary care iteration than what we see today that's very commonplace. So it's not 50% laid off of the doctor through triage. It's closer to 90% with this model. And it looks like this. It's a direct contract, digital first, on site or near site, primary care, and is armed with a care plan. And the care plan's key. It's a playbook. Think of it like a football playbook. So the consumers are reversing their chronic lifestyle disease with this playbook, the feedback that's coming back to the team, the care team, is digital watches, it's digital scales, it's continuous glucose monitors, in the case of type 2 diabetes, and it's all paid for by the employer 100% because the ROI on it is massive when you're helping chronic cases get under control. I think everybody would agree with that, so that's nothing new. But- The key that makes this vision a little different is it's got an edutainment scroll, not a bunch of texts, not a bunch of emails, not even a ton of phone calls to bother the person because people just want to know what to do next best. What's the next best thing I need to do to habit stack my way to a marathon? It's not one thing. There's 40 things to get to run a marathon. And it's going to be the same with diabetes control, hypertension control, and all of these. It's habit stacking tied to a care plan. So this edutainment scroll is like reminding you Oh, I just got something from LinkedIn. So it's a little ding, and it just says, "Add a boy, add a atta girl." You walked five thousand steps today, Ron. You walked that five thousand steps today, Viral. But your muscle burn, Ron, is going to continue for six more hours. Viral, your muscle burn is going to continue seven more hours because you're longer, taller, better BMI, more muscular. So he'll have a different personalized scroll than I will. And long term, your brain is going to be oxygenated, guys. So it's going to be neuroplasticity on steroids to X percent if you keep doing this for the rest of your life. Keep it up. So it's not just an add a boy or an add a girl. It's an intelligent, highly specified add a boy, add a girl that's on a scroll, not a text, not a call. And it's less doc centric when you can do it that way. Because again, all we want to know that are, in my case, I lost 45 pounds the last several years. What do I do next? What's the next habit I need to stack? And now that I've nailed that one because you've got all this data exhaust. What's next for me? What do I got to do? And that's when the care team drops in. So, for people who are very, very sick out there, they just want to know the next best thing to do to score the touchdown. They need a playbook with habit stacking to get them there. And they need to then know that that's going to actually start reversing poor lifestyle choices. And they'll see that in their life because their food's going to change their movement, hydration, and sleep. It all changes. And again, these three digital devices I was talking about have a data exhaust currently of about 55 items. So we know stress, we know sleep, we know sweat, we know movement. I personally, since I'd lost about 15% of my body weight, I was feeling neuropathy and my legs got scared. And I've added dozens and dozens of new habits daily. So this habit stacking that I don't even think about anymore because they're part of me now. I just had a complete blood profile and the labs were outstanding. The doctor told me. So that's a pretty good feeling when you can get to that you know, every six months or a year. So think of the doc as the coach, the member is the quarterback and the team owner. And who is the hero in this whole story? It's the employers because the employers are the heroes since they're paying for these digital devices. My vision of this. So that is going to improve overall health and their cost. It's going to reduce overall cost and their cost a massive amount because bigs want us to have more meds. Employers don't want more meds. Bigs want us to have more heads in beds. Employers want us to have less heads in beds. Bigs want us to buy more devices and more durable medical equipment. Employers don't want that. So their incentives are completely aligned on the opposite side of the seesaw. More, more, more is their crack. Less, less, less is the employer's crack. Less volume, less impact. Okay, so employers are discovering by firing the bigs that don't have their interests in mind, they're seeing now an alignment with less, less meds, less heads and beds, less of everything so overpriced and so underperforming in our healthcare economy today that we talk about on the show all the time. And they pay for this by shaving 20 to 40% off this digital first care or virtual primary care spend. I think of it as an ROI of one-to-one one year one, maybe it's two-to-one year two, maybe it's as much as four-to-one year three and four as they add more and more pieces of this puzzle called direct contracting. So it's not much if it's just virtual primary care, but the digital first primary care leads to all these other pieces of the direct contracting ecosystem. Okay, so 20% pretty common year one, it's not uncommon to see maybe 40% year two, 60% year three as some of these chronic conditions get under control and have less downstream use. So again, I think of it in terms of payback, two to one, three to one, four to one, one to one. So I think our guest today's offering is free. I would make a really strong case that he is actually getting something for something, meaning a one-to-one return on investment, and I think he can prove that today. So enough about the payback. Let's talk about the chronic health soft costs downstream, which means less hospital stays, less hospital usage, less urgent care usage, less specialist usage, because primary care can stop all that downstream nonsense, all that chronic mess, the hurricane of complexity, we call it here. And it saves massive money in soft costs downstream when you can address primary care on the front end. We all know that, that's not news. Everybody listens to this show. So who wins? I'm gonna continue repeating this mantra until I bash my head in, but there are seven winners in direct contracts and it blows away this outdated triple or quadruple aim in legacy care. I literally roll my eyes when I hear triple aim. The seven are the doctors and the nurses win, the employers, number two, the consumer wins, the shareholders, number four, community wins costs go down and outcomes rise which is a perfect segue just call me the big daddy of blend baby but that is our perfect segue to introduce our guest today is what are the winners in his agenda everybody wins in this future guys i'm really excited to introduce you to varal patel who is the founder and ceo of radish health a three-year-old new york city-based digital first primary care platform giving employers access primary care and to mental health services and to a registered dietitian and a care navigator and a lot more. They average 4.9 stars from their members and they have 94 percent employee engagement, which is freaking off the charts. I mean, if you watch Key and Peele, I went back and reviewed some of those old shows. You're off the chain, Veral. So prior to Radish, Veral was an ER doc and a medical director at Oscar Health, where he helped was essential in building their in-house telehealth practices. And, Veral, you did a four-year stint at UTSA here in San Antonio, where I'm broadcasting from
1: today. I did not know that. I did actually spent three years there. Uh, one of the, my third year of medical school, I actually opted to work on the border in Harlingen. Oh. So I left San Antonio for a year and worked in the deep down in Texas. Past so it just years.
0: felt like four years because you were stuck here.
1: <laughs>
0: well, any comments you want to have before we get started with our questions?
1: Uh, no, I think that, uh, I agree with most of the stuff you've said. I think that there are a lot of entrenched, interested in medicine that over the years have pulled primary care doctors in the direction that they probably didn't want to go to and didn't go into medicine for, and I think we're really excited about the model we've created and a lot of others like us are, are working on as well, that allows primary care doctors to practice how they want to practice and provide longitudinal care and actual actually build a real relationship with their patients. And our big goal is twofold one provide accessibility to, to the doctor. So, you know, your doctor, you trust your doctor, you've met them before, which we find very important. Still, I think as much as bots and data collection is really important in medicine to make the doctor's job easier. It's for that reason only, to make the doctor's job easier, not to replace the doctor. And on the back end, we, we've worked really hard on our tech to make sure that doctor's jobs are easier so they can provide that high level of care and to make sure that they don't miss follow-ups and they don't miss follow-up notes and questions that doc- patients may have. And they're able to answer those in a uh, timely manner. Yeah,
0: I see it only takes three minutes before I can get a doctor typically with your platform. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to figure out how you get the customer engagement because that is a miracle what you've done but before that can we kind of get some basic questions answered and you can answer where you can y'all i realize y'all are less than three years old you're not even at your third birthday candle yet so you can't answer all these but let's do the best we can if we possible today so tell us a little bit more about your offering i understand it's primary care i understand it's mental health and i understand it's dietary experts what else is part of your offering is that it
1: That's pretty much it. Our core two main pieces that we really offer are primary care and mental health. In my mind, I think of primary care as including mental health. I spell it out as a separate thing because I think a lot of other people don't necessarily think that way. You know, if nearly one in five people in the US could benefit from just a visit to a therapist and that should be included as primary care.
0: I went to elementary school with Lloyd Van Winkle. He's a doctor who led the academy here in Texas. And he told me that 85% of what he does is mental health.
1: Mm -hmm. I think a lot of primary care doctors provide mental health care without really thinking about it as being separate. So we augmented that uh, experience by adding a therapist to our network as well. And those are really like our two main things. Having a registered dietitian is bonus points for those who have chronic care issues, whether it's hypertension or or diabetes that want to use diet and exercise in addition to or as a replacement for their, their treatment plan.
0: Okay. And the treatment plan right now is a per member per month of 85 bucks. Is that for the whole ball of wax or is there extras added on for the dietitian?
1: It's $15 a month per member. Uh, per oh, wow. Month. Yeah. Okay. So we, we charge two different ways actually. So we charge an employer for our services, $15 a month. And then anytime we provide medical care, we'll bill out their insurance with the exception of we do some text-based visits, which we can't bill insurance for. Alternatively, we can also do a more capitated plan where we would do $40 per employee per month, then there is no additional bills to your insurance, there are no copays, your employees use this in an unlimited capacity for all the care they need that is readily accessible every day.
0: So at the top of the show, I talked about ROI, you don't have trouble making an argument that $40 per member per month is going to get paid back almost immediately, do you?
1: No, we don't. I mean, if you think about the average person sees a doctor four times a year in the US. So if you went to a regular primary care doctor's office, that would cost more than our annual fee. Yeah. Um, So it's pretty pretty straightforward. And that's just straight on the visit itself, not even considering that we align with the employers and the people that are paying for things. So our goal is to provide the highest level care a primary care doctor can provide to make sure you don't end up at a specialist you don't end up at an er you don't end up at urgent care and to you know make sure we check on all the preventative care things so you don't get sick later on down the road and end up in a hospital necessarily
0: okay so let's go to the next winner do the providers have satisfaction scores they give back to you to let you know they're happy
1: they do and as i said before i think that one of our big things that we have focused on and are now really focusing on more and more going forward as we add to our provider group. We hire all of our providers as Radish staff. We don't have a network of providers that we tap into if there are providers. That allows us to control, one, the quality of providers we hire and really showcase what they're doing and who they are as people and how much they care. And I find as the leader of the company and who's running the product strategy right now, one of the biggest things that's important is everything we do from a product perspective needs to make our doctors look amazing and even more caring than they already are naturally. Mm -hmm. Is like I said before, I think that the most important thing in the product we've built and the engagement we get is people love the doctors that they see on our platform. That's one, a testament to the doctors we hire. And then two, it's a testament to the product we've built that allows the follow-up in a really accessible way.
0: How large a panel will you allow a white coat to have before they get, you know, onto a new doctor?
1: We like to keep it at the average physician's practice has anywhere anywhere between 2,000 and 2,500 active patients. We try to keep it below 2,000. Okay.
0: And then how many white coats do you have on staff
1: currently? Uh, We have four currently. Okay. And we're looking to hire more uh, as we grow out to other states. Okay. As well as, you know, new business here in New York.
0: Okay. And then the employers, again, you're just three years old. So are you getting pretty good renewals on your customers that are signing up with you?
1: So we incorporated in 2019. We really didn't launch until late 2020. So we're not even quite that old. All of our employers, we have renewed at least one year contracts. Some of them we've renewed for five years. Okay,
0: nice. Congratulations on that. Is it too early for y'all to get into the outcomes of how people are using... Less expensive, complicated care downstreamers. Are, are y'all too new to analyze that?
1: It's a bit early, but you know, like I said, you can do back in the napkin calculations to show that as more people use us for primary care, they're not going to somewhere else to get that. Okay. And there is a cost savings there, and given that we are cheaper from uh, even accessible.
0: And eventually, you'll be able to put that on your website because y'all are pretty good at touting your bonafides. So the cost savings will show up eventually, and we'll talk about that on a later show as y'all grow. I like to say that the community wins too. So, how are employers using the savings you're creating to benefit either other benefits they're doing or their bottom line? Or what are you hearing anything from your customers, what they're doing with this new money that they've uncovered on their balance sheet?
1: I think that you know what we're really showing is if if you think about some of our employers had planned on a 12% increase in the health insurance premiums year on year meanwhile there these are you know public sector union um, organizations that are also looking to potentially give raises to their employees so if we can curb the, the increase of the cost of health care or even bring it back down that immediately can go into the pockets of the employee in the form of raises right so i think the employer looks at the cost of an employee as both the salary plus the cost of all the benefits they provide them if the benefits are skyrocketing, cost of benefits is skyrocketing, it's a really tough thing to then also give them a raise.
0: Mm-hmm. In my fantasy dream world, I like to think of the employees having no deductible, no copay, no premium. I was shocked to learn this week that less than 4% of Americans even know what those three words mean to them. They don't even understand it. And so free, basically free healthcare is what I gave to my employees. And not only free health care, but making sure that if there's hospitalization, that they don't have to worry about that. Medications, they don't have to worry about that. So that was my plan. And I had zero turnover, essentially, if they were leaving town, I couldn't keep them. But so retention was primed. My attraction, I, when I offered free health care, I got, we used to have to interview 50 people to get four, and we interviewed five, and we were done because we got all eight players. So again, I think the soft benefits of what you're going to be doing for folks downstream whether they can use those kind of things I'm talking about or not is the ultimate goal of what we're all here for trying to do with direct contracts. Right. Okay. So community win. Let's talk about the shareholders winning your shareholders that helped invest in Radish to get you started. How do you feel like they're doing right now? Are they pretty happy with your success?
1: Yeah, I think they're happy with their success. I think that obviously myself included, everyone wants to grow as fast as possible. And I think we've grown at a pretty good pace so far in terms of, you know, growing our team internally, as well as growing the group of people we provide care to. And that's increasing every month. So I think they're pretty happy with where, where we've made progress and we hope to continue to grow.
0: Good. Okay. So totally to tell still, but that's good. And this 93, 94% engagement, my goodness, how in the world are you doing that? That's a miracle.
1: So, you know, the other piece of what I truly believe that the the problem in how primary care is set up now is it's not as convenient for most people. People that have a really good primary care doctor are the people that pay $10,000 a month on the Upper East Side for a concierge shock, They call them, they text them, they can walk into their office. All the things that to access that doctor, they can do in a pretty easy way. They get really good engagement. So, and I was that for my friends and family, right? They would call me, text me. <laughs> Email me and they would get an answer very quickly. So, we took that to heart as we created our our operations process as well as the product itself. We wanted the accessibility to be first and foremost to your doctor. So, when you sign up for Radish, you get assigned a doctor and a therapist and a dietitian. Those people are the people that you see preferentially. And 99% of the time, that's who you'll see as your core team. And you can access them in ways that you operate. So if it's something that you want to make an appointment with and you want to talk to them in person, you can do that. The average time to wait is 30 minutes. And if you want to text them, you can get on the app and you can do a secure text with a uh, phone. And I think that it's having a combination of those two things allows the convenience of even if you're at work and you're like, oh, I forgot my prescription. I need to get refilled for my doctor. I'm not going to call the office to talk to the secretary to transfer me to the nurse who then takes a note and ask the doctor if they can do a refill for your blood pressure medication, it's much easier to say, hey, I'm out of my amlodipine. Sorry, I wasn't able to make it back in. Can I get a refill?
0: Yeah, I call it a dock in the pocket. Everybody wants to have a dock in the pocket, but better, they want to have Baral in their family so they can call them and bug them immediately real time.
1: My family is already too big, so we can't anymore. <laughs> but, <Okay. yeah. laughs>
0: all right. Yeah. Well, Patel, that's a pretty famous last name. You've got a lot of Patels running around. What do you think y'all are going to look like in three years for all? Are y'all going to be uh, much bigger, a little bit bigger? What do you think? What are you looking at?
1: I think we'll be a lot bigger. So, you know, one of the big things that for us that we've seen as a value, as companies looked to beef up their healthcare benefits due to a multitude of external factors, including a tight labor market, the one thing that we always hear is that they want a healthcare benefit that's equal to all of their employees. And why that's important to us is that equal to all employees now is no longer in one geography. More and more companies are in like either fully remote or at least a hybrid uh, workforce where they have a handful of people in New York and a handful in San Antonio and three that live in Montana skiing in the winter. Um, and they want to provide a benefit that works for everyone. And our, you know, virtual first primary care model can work nationally. Currently we serve uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut and Pennsylvania, uh, but we'll have providers license and legal uh, approval to have the ability to provide care uh, nationally by the end of Q2. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of growth potential there. And the nice thing is, again, being, virtual first and being built on a platform, being virtual first, unlike other telehealth providers, we think of it as virtual first, but afterwards you're going to need something, right? So if you need an x-ray, you need blood work, we've integrated into local imaging centers and lab centers to be able to go to send you there to get that done. So we're not limited to just the virtual component. It's virtual first, not virtual only.
0: I want to talk about that in a second, but I first want to thank you for not having a New York or Pennsylvania accent because I'm from Texas and we have trouble understanding you guys. You sound like you're from the middle of Kansas.
1: I'm from Indiana originally. So I have what most people from Indiana call like the non-regional addiction of the Midwest, where it's like a little bit of everything.
0: A Hoosier. Well, uh, so let's talk about referring out. So I'm going to need meds going onto your platform. I'm going to need specialists. I'm going to need imaging and labs. How do you guys make that happen?
1: So if you need meds, we'll call them at a whatever pharmacy that you'd prefer. We ask for your pharmacy of preference and we put that in our note and that's what we call it into. That's pretty easy. For x-rays, we most, 99% of uh, imaging centers in the country, if you have a preference, we can send you directly to those. We tend to send you to the one that's the closest to you. Uh, and we also preferentially send you to the one that's not associated with a local health system.
0: I'm going to introduce you to green imaging on the show. Chris Dickerson can help you find all the independents in your
1: area. Perfect. and well, we do that because it's, it saves our employers money, right? Because they, they tend to be a lot less expensive than the hospital-based ones. Yeah.
0: Green is a free solution for you and they have them already lined up and they've got the radiologists too. Perfect. Okay. Let's talk about, so that's imaging. That's, what about labs? That's just freaking, I mean, that's easy, right?
1: Yeah, lab's easy. So we've integrated the Quest and the LabCorp. And as we look at other, as we move into different regions, we look at local lab partners too mm-hmm. and see which ones have you know professional contracts and have better um, customer service. And so you, you know, let's say you do a visit with one of our doctors, Dr. Sellers, you love him. You go through the whole visit with him. At the end of the annual physical visit, he's going to need you to get blood work. Um, so he'll call... You'll see a requisition form that'll show up within your Radish app. You show up to any Quest service center. You can either book an appointment or just walk in, and you're in and out within 15 minutes, and they've done your labs. And the next day, the results will be in there, and we have a an interesting way to visualize them where we only show the abnormals first, and each of the abnormals have an actual explanation. It's not just...
0: Almost like a red light, yellow light, green light thing?
1: Correct. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, it'll show, you know, we have actual content on what that means and why it's important, if it's important. Thank you for not making me dig through my labs. I hate having
0: to go 40 deep to find the one red, right? Thank you for doing that.
1: Exactly, and then on top of that, I think the most important part is at the bottom of that, actually, and at the top of that, if you look at the screen itself, there's a button that you can click follow up with a doctor. So if you have a question, either you click follow up and you book an appointment with them immediately, or you can click the chat bubble and ask them a question on the text and they'll know what you're referring to.
0: Okay. So in three years, you're going to be way beyond four states. Your platform's just going to continue to grow and get better. If you're under 10,000 members today, what do you think you're going to look like in three years? I mean, hopefully be close to hundred thousand members in three years. Very nice. Okay. That's, that's awesome. So for my last couple of questions are how do people find you if they're interested in engaging you in these initially four
1: states? So I think right now we're willing and able to start talking to people in all 50 states. So I wouldn't limit it to that right now. Like I said, we have physicians that we are currently getting credentialed that have licenses in the other states. Um, They should be hopefully before the end of Q2, but I'm generally conservative on these things. So I'll say that by the end of Q2, we'll be able to provide care everywhere. The easiest way to find us, you can email me directly. It's Viral spelled like viral at radishthevegetable.health. There is no .com afterwards. Or if you want to check out our website first, there is a uh, request time for a demo on the website. It's radish.health.
0: It's so funny. Your name is the opposite. Viral and viral are pretty much opposite sides of the spectrum, aren't they? Yep, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so let's fly a banner over America with one message Viral. What is it going to say?
1: I think that if you you stick to the primary care thing, I really do believe that We've gotten away from primary care being relationship based and it's become transactional. And that's why so many doctors that provide primary care are unhappy. As provider groups are being bought up by healthcare systems who see their primary care practices as a referral base and not the tip of the spear or the first call you should make when it comes to needing healthcare, it's become a really crummy environment to work. And... I used to hear this all the time when I was a uh, vice chair of the ER. I I, um, worked in all of our primary care practices that got bought up. They were always told like to make sure they send their people to the ER and they, they got talking to, if they weren't sending enough enough people to specialists. So I want to bring the love of medicine back to primary care providers while providing that great doctor in your pocket or You know, doctor down the street or doctor in the family type experience that people used to have, and maybe I even had with my pediatrician when we were growing up. I never went to urgent care; my mom never took me there. I twisted my ankle all the time playing basketball. We went to the pediatrician the next day, and that that sort of relationship needs to be brought back to primary care. That's a long. That's a very long. That's a long
0: banner, Viral, but I'm gonna shorten it down to be happy. Join Radish.
1: Love it. it. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. Well, it's good talking to you and I'll look forward to keeping up with your progress. And we wish you all the very best.
1: Good talking to you as well. Have a good one.
0: Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review it helps our megaphone more than you know until next episode